And we're live. Good evening, friends. Another fun-filled episode of the podcast coming at you. Episode 128. Holy crap. We're getting there. Um, it is September 11th, 2022. We are safely hunkered down in West Virginia and Kentucky. Coming at you. I've been now listen, y'all gonna have to go give our TikTok some love because I've been making I've been taking clips uh from the podcast and putting them on the TikTok. And I just put a drunken Larry Long on there <laughs> a few minutes ago. So y'all need to go y'all need to go Great. have a look. Great. Get that. What you really need to do is go in there once the trolls come in, y'all gotta start engaging the trolls because the 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 matter you make those trolls, the more it drives the engagement up and the algorithm will pe- keep the people coming. So uh, y'all just get in there. I've, 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 I've sent Richie in, you know, his job is to go in and get the trolls riled up. So I disavow any knowledge of a drunk Larry Long. Okay. I don't, I, I don't, don't think you've ever seen that. Well, unfortunately for you, my friend, I got video evidence and it's on TikTok <laughs> right now. Well, we'll see. It's all, it's, it's all like, um, that's not relative, but what's, there's always different stages of things, you know? Yeah. So. No such thing as bad publicity. I guess. I guess. Well, well, let's uh, start. Let's start yeah. off with our sponsor, okay? Which, for some reason, I can't get my producer to produce a Max Mileage logo to go on there. But we are sponsored by Pittsburgh Power, makers of the OPS oil purification system, bypass oil filtration system which we have used since 2009. Did they take over the manufacturing too? They did. It's all there in, in, um, what's the town? Saxonburg. Saxonburg. Correct. And the, uh, manufacturing, uh, of the max mileage fuel catalyst, which we also use. So, uh, anyway, uh, show them some love and, uh, let them know where you found out about them. Okay. Very important that you let them know that, um, you found out about them from, from us. If you want the Max Mileage or the OPS products, we do have those in our store. So we would appreciate you giving us a shot at that business. Yep. Uh, price is the same here or there. It's just that uh, it makes us look like we're earning our keep. So we appreciate that. So Yep. And if you need, if you need Max Mileage, you can uh, let me know. I can meet you at uh, TA and Hurricane and uh, give it to you save you a little bit on the ship uh, shipping if you're coming through um well we're going to talk about details um <clears throat> larry just fired fired off a little rant in our fleet message because um we're 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 neglecting the details okay we're doing th- we're having this problem as a fleet i, I see it in and, and other things that people are doing. And, um, you've got to understand, uh, as this market has tightened up, I'm not sure that the bloodbath is here yet, but you know, I had a very challenging week last week, getting everybody loaded and finding good loads. I was finding, you know, where, where six months ago I could look for a $2,000 load that would go four or 500 miles. Now a $2,000 loads going seven or 800 miles. Um, and so we're having to get very creative uh, on how we're, how we're picking loads. I'm still getting some $10,000 weeks, you know, but I'm getting a lot of 85 and $8,800 weeks as well. Um, and of course the, had the stupid holiday last week at holiday script, everything. 
So, you know, uh, we probably averaged out over the two weeks at, you know, 80% of our goal, 75 or 80%. Um, but the numbers were atrocious last week. Um, but when you're in a challenging market mm-hmm. like this, you're going to make, you're, you're going to make the difference in what you save because you get to keep every penny that you save. And, uh, you, you know, if you want to just go make more money, that's going to come at a cost. And when fuel's up and rates are down, that's not a good strategy. Um, <clears throat> We have got to, we've got to do this as a fleet. Uh, we've got to do this as individuals. Uh, you've got to pay attention to the little details. Um, and, and we've said this, we've said it once, we've said it a thousand times. Shifting gears and backing into docks is 15% of what it takes to be a successful owner-operator. The other 85% is in your accounting, your communication, your record-keeping. Um. And, and, and the communication is simple. You know, if you're, if you're at Landstar and you want to set yourself apart and you want the agents to notice you and recognize you, communicate with them in a timely fashion with good details. When you arrive at the shipper, send a message that says, I have arrived and here's my trailer number. Now that'll help you on two fronts because... Let's see, what was the last trailer uh, snafu we had? Oh, we had a guy, mentoring client, went home for about two weeks, went out of the country, had a a long vacation planned. And uh, I was literally on the phone booking him a load, and he texted me and said, Landstar's coming to get my trailer. And he's like, well, why didn't they call me? And I said, I guarantee you I know why they didn't call you, because that trailer was not assigned to you in the system. They saw it setting idle. They sent somebody after it. They probably called some other guy uh, that didn't have that trailer. And he's like, why? I don't have that trailer. So they sent somebody to pick it up, saw your truck connected to it, got your truck number, and then called you and said, we're taking the trailer. If you want to uh, avoid that situation, and if you want to avoid being charged for somebody else's tolls, you need to be tracking where every trailer went. Where did you drop it? What day did you drop it? What agent did you drop it with? You need to have that in a damn spreadsheet, a notebook, something. Um, but, uh, and I saw this great, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. If you, you don't follow Gary, Gary's a motivating guy. And apparently he was on with Dr. or not Dr. Phil. Good God. Steve Harvey. And Steve's like, give me a book, give me a book to read. And, uh, Gary said, G O O-G-L-E. All of the world's known information is available to you on Google if you will just be cur- curious enough to go find it. Um, you know, I was reading this today because we have problems with guys going in to, for 120s unprepared. You know, we've got this big elaborate thing that uh, two weeks before the or three weeks before the one twenties due, we send, we send all the trucks to Carl to let him look them over. Um, but I bought one of these this week on Amazon. See if it'll focus on it. It's called a break tech tools. Come on, focus. This is what TA uses to check the thickness of your brakes. It was 40 bucks. Every owner operator should have one of these in their truck. That way, before you go in there, you know what the thickness of your brake shoes are. There's no question. 
And that way you, you're an informed consumer. And if somebody says, well, man, your brakes are illegal. Well, I just measured them with this and it said they were legal. You know, here's another one for you Landstar people. This was a bizarre situation. My driver gets a phone call on the 7th of September. Your trailer failed its last inspection. You need to immediately go to a shop to have it inspected. I've never had that happen. I said, okay, so go get me a copy of now, the... But clarify that. We didn't have the trailer when the inspection... Oh, I'm, get, I'm getting there. I'm okay, getting there. Right. Okay. So I said, get me a copy of the inspection out of the nose of the trailer. He gets it, scans it to me. The trailer was inspected on September 1st at a customer, which was Thursday. On, sun, on Monday the 5th, the holiday, my driver goes in and picks that trailer up preloaded. And two days later, he receives this phone call. So I'm looking at the inspection form from the TA, and it says everything passed. Well, they didn't like the measurement on one of the brakes. And they said, well, that's technically passing a federal, but it doesn't pass a Landstar. And I said, okay, well, thank God. I said, well, go ahead and get loaded. We're not going immediately. We'll get there when we get there. I said, go ahead and get the trailer loaded, and then we'll stop at the shop. So he stops at a shop, and, of course, he's there you know, all damn night. They keep him up all night. You get him in at three o'clock in the morning and land and uh, Landstar won't approve to put brakes on it because all of a sudden it's legal. If he'd had one of these in the truck, he could have went back there and slid that in between those two brake shoes and said, here's the measurement, took a picture of it, sent it to Landstar and we'd have been done with this. And that's why I bought this. And so this will be with me everywhere I go. Every time I'm near a truck, I'm going to have one of these in, in my possession and I'm going to start checking these trucks. Um, but I mean, what are you going to do? You know, um, I I'm, I'm guessing maybe, I don't know if the score's gone up or something, but I had Landstar have one of my meet, one of my guys at a, at a customer to do a one twenty on a trailer, uh, Friday of all, of all times and all places, we had to have a one twenty done at a damn customer. So, I don't know. I'm guessing maybe they've been getting in trouble. And so now they're trying to make up for it, but I'm well, our, our, uh, our incidence of roadsides has gone up significantly. Um, Yep. I mean, we, I mean, I hate to say this out loud, but I drove for 12 years. I never, ever had a level one inspection. Hell we get, (laughs) we get one every couple of days nowadays, you know? Yeah. Um, We've had at least three inspections in the last week. You know, yeah. which is, yeah. which is, which is weird, which is good. I mean, we're, we're, we're raising the, the, the score because we usually get clean inspections, you know, except for that one time where we <laughs> yeah. uh, kind of stacked up a few, but, um, well, and that's, and that's the thing. Like I was going through in the back of this book, appendix G is back here in the back, right near the, uh, what do you call it? The index chapter three, sub chapter B appendix G. And there's everything that has to do with an inspection. Mm-hmm. And it all comes down to brake thickness, brake adjustment, lights working, nothing leaking, ex- no exhaust leaks, no major oil seal leaking, um, wheel seals. Um, it, Guys, let's think about this for just a second, if we will. Who's doing the 120s? people at TA and Petro 
for for sixty five dollars. I promise you, I promise you, driver, you've got enough sense and know how. If you'll just get in that book and get you a couple of tools, I promise you, you can probably do a better one twenty than they can. And then you know, oh wow, hey man, this this brake's really low. Let me just go ahead and throw these brake shoes on here. Um, done right. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to work on this week. I've been saying this for a year, but I'm going to do this this week. So now y'all can hold me accountable, but I'm going to make a video and post it on this YouTube channel about the tools that you should have in your possession. Uh, if you, if you are a serious business person operating a truck, there are some tools that you should have in your possession that you can fix things. I mean, hell these, these Milwaukee tools have gotten so cheap, relatively speaking, um, that, you know, there, we have the ability now to do repairs that we couldn't have done a long time ago, you know, because you had to have big air tools and, you know, they got these damn Milwaukee tools now that you can take the wheels lug nuts off with, you know? So, um, it's a minor investment, you know, uh, especially if you go to Harbor Freight, my God, you can buy the whole place for a thousand dollars, you know, you can buy every tool in there, you know? So that's <laughs> true. There's just no reason that some of these menial repairs, little stuff, lights and stuff. I mean, like I said, I've said this before. There's absolutely no excuse for getting a hazmat violation. That is the easiest violation for you to avoid. If your freight is secure, your placards are on right, and your paperwork is right, you're good. That's it. It's super simple. Getting a hazmat violation is a sign of a lazy driver that's not paying attention. And especially if you're at Landstar, when you got the best hazmat department in the industry that will back you up and check your paperwork, make sure it's right. Or unless you just piss off the DOT guy until he goes back there on your trailer, Lee, and finds chafing hoses. Mm -hmm. so, I'm convinced you could take a trailer off the showroom floor and find chafing hoses. Yep. Um, we wanted to do some services here for you as well. Larry's going to, we're going to take a little minute here, uh, and go over an oil sample. And we also want to talk about, you know, if you buy an oil sample kit from us or from whoever, Pittsburgh power, uh, you're going to get a label and there's some procedures that you need to be aware of so that you're getting accurate information because that lab, if you give them bad information, they're going to give you a bad sample. And so having well, we good probably, information, uh, we probably should do that first because the information on there will fix some of the problems on the, on the lab report. So, so let, let, let me back up and last week we just ran out of time, but we have got several of you now that have bought OPSs and are using them now for the first time. And we've got several people that are doing the very first lab sample and that sort of thing. So we thought we would go back and kind of just go through the procedures uh, of, of, of the proper way to use the OPS, you know, because the, the big part of the OPS with extending drains is the lab report, you know, sampling oil. That's a, that's a critical part. Uh, you don't want to extend drains and not check to see what the condition of the oil is. That's a disaster. Um, and, and part of this is the peace of mind and knowing that, Hey, the oil that I left in there is just as good as the oil I would have bought and put in there. And so, um, so we, when you when you when you put an OPS on, uh, we recommend every twenty five thousand miles that you change the spin on green filter, and that you take an oil sample. 
So part of that oil sample uh, is going to be uh, actually catching the actual sample itself in the little bottle and then filling out the paperwork. So let's go over the paperwork. Chris, let's do the, let's do the label first. And we'll do the report. Right. Um, okay. Almost there. I had to redact okay. some information right quick. So we're going to go over how to properly fill out the lab form that's going to go in to the, 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 the uh, shipping envelope along with your oil sample. This is the directions that you're giving the lab and what to do with the sample. Now, understand this lab, they don't just test oil. They do all kinds of fluids for all kinds of industries. So you just can't throw it in there and, and assume that they're going to know that came out of your motor. That They have no idea what it came out of. So um, there are some questions there that you have to answer to let them know what it is that they're looking at. So this is the actual form itself. And if you'll notice, Chris, can I, um, is my arrow going to be seen there? No, no. no. You'll just have to talk about it. All right. So anyway, go, go to the left, Chris. This left side of this, there is a couple of stickers there that can be peeled off. And, and one of them should go on the sample itself. The one that's got the, um, got the QR code. That needs to go on the sample bottle. The other one, you should stick to your windshield and hang on to it until you get the report back. And that way, if you have to track it down, you've got that component ID or that, that uh, lab number, that 21200K number. Uh, you'll just stick that on your windshield. And then when you, get, when you get it back, you pull it off, throw it away. That's how I used to do it. So um, that top label, though, you'll run and put your component ID on there. And I'll, I'll tell you where to, how to come up with that and the date the sample was taken. And then you'll stick that on the bottle. And then when you put the oil in there, that's on the bottle. Now, that's, that's because in case it gets to the lab and the bottle gets separated from this other side of this report. Or it gets there and that bottle has leaked and the report's no longer legible. They can still have ID where the sample came from. Mm -hmm. So now, Chris, let's roll over to the other side. This is the part that you need to fill out. So that top section up there, it says distributor sales rep. That's not really important. You could use us if you got it from us. But you need to set up an account number. And if you haven't done that yet, then you just leave that blank the first time. And they will set the account number up for you when you get the report back. Um, so that's if you don't have one set up already, just leave all that blank. Put in your company name, your name, address, city, telephone, email. Make sure that's legible because that's how they're going to send you the report the first time is because of that information there. Once this is in their system, then all they'll go by is that account number. The other stuff you can actually leave it off for that matter. Mm-hmm. Component ID and secondary ID. That's up to you. We use our truck number as the component ID and the last six of the VIN as the secondary. That's completely up to you, but you want to be consistent and use the same component ID number with every lab sample. If you don't, you'll lose the history. And you'll see that when I show you the lab report. But you want to make sure you use the same component ID uh, every time you send a, uh, one of these in, and that way you'll get, when you get it back, you'll have all the previous um, lab uh, reports uh, results on your current lab report. But every time you go in, you make up a different component ID, you're going to get a brand new lab report every time, and they're not going to be connected together. So after that, you have to start telling them what they're looking at. Now, they will test anything. You can send in rear-end 
uh, lube, transmission lube. They'll test anything. They'll test coolant. So you got to let them know what it is. So in this case, this is going to be engine, diesel engine fluid, okay, is what this is going to be. So we're going to check diesel under engine, all right? Position doesn't matter. You've only got one engine. But if you were checking a, a differential, you might want to specify which one. Or again, they do all kinds of components on all kinds of, of, of stuff. So I'm guessing in construction equipment or whatever, you could have a left and a right or whatever. Uh, obviously, that doesn't make sense. You, the engine's only in one place. I suppose you could check front, but I don't think they would figure I don't think they'd freak out. Uh, the date taken is important. The sample will degrade over time. They want this as fresh as possible because uh, otherwise the results are not going to be necessarily accurate. So the date that you pulled the sample, uh, it needs to be in there. And they're going to compare that to the date that they received your, uh, your sample in their um, FedEx box. And if it's longer than you know, seven, eight, nine, ten days, they're going to highlight that to let you know that that sample could be um, um, inaccurate because of the fact it's aged out. Um, so the more or less story is when you pull the sample, get it off right away. You've got a prepaid FedEx mailer, so it's going to get there overnight. Um, so don't carry around the truck with you for a couple of weeks and then send it in. Um, now here's where some numbers come in. Okay. Fluid time is how many miles are on the oil. Okay. So if you've put the oil in there, when you put the OPS on, this is your very first sample. That's going to be somewhere around 25,000. Uh, if it's been in there for a couple of years, that could be three or 400,000. It just depends on how long the oil has been in there. But again, that's part of why it's important that you use the same component number that way, the miles will be on the previous reports, and you can just carry them forward. Because you have to really know how long you've had that oil in that engine, again, for these results to mean anything to you. So you're, every time you do a sample, you're going to just add the current mileage to your previous mileage, and that's how long the oil has been in that, uh, in that engine. Now, if you change the oil, you start all over again, okay? Mm -hmm. But the whole point about this is to keep from having to change the oil. So uh, I literally have samples of uh, my truck that had 400,000 miles on them, you know. So um, component time, that's the miles on the engine. You're going to get that off the odometer unless you've done an end frame. If you've done an end frame, you have to keep track of what mileage was on the, the truck when you did the end frame because you're going to start back at zero if you've done an end frame. Um, again, they, they do all kinds of measurements here. You're going to want to indicate miles since we drive miles in the United States. Now, fluid changed. Uh, if you're, and when you're doing this, you're changing, uh, you could put, potentially be changing the oil or you're at least going to change the, 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 the filter. If you didn't dump the oil, then you're going to want to just say no to that. The fluid has not been changed. Uh, if you are going to dump the oil, then you're going to check, click, uh, check, uh, yes there. And then you'll start over at the next lab sample at zero for your fluid time. Filter change, you're probably always going to check that because you're always going to be changing the filter unless you're doing a sample. If you came back with a sample that had high um, whatever and the, the recommendation was for you to sample again midway, then you probably would check no there because you're going to just do a sample and not change the filter. 
if it's only 10 or 15,000 miles to, because of a problem that you had. But in, either way, let the lab know if you actually changed the filter or if you did not. Most of the time, you're going to say yes there. So um, can I see the sample? Yeah, I'm sorry. I, uh, there you go. Technical difficulty. Um, so then miscellaneous comments. In there, you're going to want to let them know how many gallons of oil you've added since the last sample. Now, you can keep up with this any way you want to, but let me tell you the easiest way I found to do it, especially with a one-truck operation, is when you add a gallon of oil, keep the little, the little top, the little cap off the oil, and put it somewhere that you will remember. I put it over my head in that little compartment right there above my head. And then when you pull this lab form out to fill it out, reach up there and grab your caps. And however many caps you've got there is how many gallons of oil you put in. So that's a simple way of keeping up with it. You can make it as complicated as you want. You can get a spreadsheet. The problem is you just got to remember to do it. Because again, mm -hmm. this is, you know, the whole purpose of the sample is to get an accurate um, report. If you're adding four gallons and you're telling them two, obviously that is not going to be as accurate. And what's the purpose of doing all this if we're just going to, you know, bullshit through it? So uh, accuracy here is important. So keep up with how many gallons of oil that you that you put in between oil samples. And just like that, right on there, five gallons of makeup oil added, two gallons, whatever. Um, anything else that you feel is important that they know. Uh, another thing you might run into right now, sometimes we're like, we're using T6 Rotella. If you're out there on the road and you can't find T6 Rotella and you've got to add a gallon of oil and you got to have something, then I would make that in the comments up there. I've got this, this truck has got one gallon of Delvac, whatever, and the rest of it is T, T, you know, anything to let them know why they're seeing something they're not expecting. Uh, then you're going to go down to component information and the manufacturer, whoever made your engine, Cummins, Caterpillar, Detroit, whatever, the engine model number, um, the oil, the, the product manufacturer, in other words, the shell, the Del whatever oil you're using, and then the product and viscosity grade. That's critically important. Uh, it's also good that you don't mix up viscosities because you're going to see that's very sensitive and you're going to come back with a, a false reading if you're telling it one thing and you're getting you're putting something else in it. It's easy to do with Rotella because the T6 bottle for 540 looks exactly like the 1540, and exactly like the 1030, and exactly like the 030. So if you don't pay attention, you'll inadvertently grab a 1540 and throw it in there if you don't watch out. And then you're going to look up your viscosity is going to be off on your lab report. Um, and we're using, and, and our viscosity is SAE, not ISO. So that's how you fill out the report. You want to stick that there, there is a little bubble wrap bag that the oil sample itself goes into, it seals, and that keeps it from leaking onto this where it makes this illegible. So make sure you use that little bubble wrap, um, bag to put your oil bottle in tighten it up real tight put it in there put that sticker on it and then put it and this 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 um form next to it inside the shipping bag and then put your shipping label on it and send it off 
And a couple of days later, you're going to end up getting something that looks a lot like this next document. Okay. So now let me add. Well, there we go. This one here. Okay. All right. So this is what the report looks like that you get. This comes in email. And, um, you know, what you're looking for is that green up there. The, Z, the zero and one is what you're looking for. That's normal. Two and three are abnormal. Four is critical. Uh, if you get a four, you're going to want to find your way to a um, shop and dump the oil as soon as possible. Um, two and three, not necessarily. We just want to kind of see what's going on and why. It's letting you know that you've got some issue. We just need to now, now go figure out why. But zero and one are completely expected, normal. Whatever's in there, we, we're expecting to see. So let's start down here on the left. That's going to be your information there. We redacted that. This is one of our mentoring clients, and it was his very first sample. That's why I'm using this. So you can see exactly what it's going to look like your very first time. So you can see his component ID. You can see his uh, component type and manufacturing, all that sort of stuff there. Uh, he did, uh, they don't have you, this is another thing. When you do your first lab report in that miscellaneous, um, comment section, put in there your sump capacity. It's probably 11 gallons. Most every engine I've ever seen is, but stick that in there. And that way these blanks, and if you get a blank, you can add it to the next one. You can say, Hey, this time my sump capacity was 11. If you'll fill that in for me. Another thing that they always leave out is the micron rating of the, of the filter. If you're using a, um, a, uh, OPS filter which i'm sure you will be the micron rating is was it three in it, chris three four five what is it the micron rating of the ops filter three in it uh yeah three i think so, so, so the, the filter type would be an ops uh 10 inch uh and the micron rating would be three three four or five i'll check on that for you but that wouldn't one micron is not going to throw that off um, moving over to the right, the sample information, there's that tracking number. Once you get this back, you can throw that little label away that you stuck on your windshield. This went to Indianapolis and there's the date sample, the date received. Now, had that been longer than a few days, that would have been highlighted right there, but they got it there in four days. That's what they're looking for. There's the product manufacturer and the viscosity grade. Now we're going to start down. We're going to start looking at what the results were. And that first section there, where metals parts per million, that's, a, that's, the, that's the one you want to be looking at. Because if you're having problems, it's going to show up there. Okay. Um, now, as you're, not, as you're not changing oil, as you're extending drains, these numbers here are going to continue to go up, especially the iron. But again, that's expected. So it's going to come back. It might be green, but that's exactly what we expect. So you're not going to, what you're looking for there are any of those numbers that come back, you know, orange or red or, uh, and then we want to see why. Um, obviously these things mean different things. Iron is going to be, uh, 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 cylinders. Um, chrome and nickel are going to be, uh, uh, piston rings, uh, copper, lead, tin are going to be bearing materials. So you can kind of tell what's going on by which one of those things are high. The next one over contaminant metals. Uh, so silicon is going to be, if you've ever had, if you've ever did any, done any work in the motor 
or if you ran it without an air filter, uh, you're going to have a high silicone number there, and that's dirt. So uh, if you've got a hole in your air filter or anything that's not catching um, the, the air filtration, or if you've had any work done, like the head off or put on a head gasket or something like that, or an end frame, you're going to have high silicone for a while. Sodium and potassium together, high elevated, is a sign of coolant intrusion. So that's what coolant is, is, is sodium and potassium. The multi-source metals and metals, those are going to vary with the kind of oil that you use. Those are additives that the oil manufacturer adds, and those are, those are going to vary. Those aren't as important unless they come back really, really high flagged. Um, going down to the next line, again, you're, there's the information that you put in there, the date of the sample, the lube time, the unit time. Um, all that's just reflected there. The next one, however, is the big one, fuel dilution soot and water those are obviously if you've got fuel dilution that means you're getting diesel fuel in your oil um, we got to figure out where's that where that's coming from whether it be a streaming injector or you've got some type of a fuel pump leak or something like that soot's diff, uh, typically going to come from uh, idling in the summertime that number's going to go up uh, because you're not uh, you, you're not you know fully uh, combusting uh, in the in the chamber and, or, and you're also going to notice that soot number is going to go down if you start using the max mileage. Now, we'll warn you this. The iron will go up on the max mileage. But, again, it's expected. So when you, when you see the soot go down, if you, start, if you start using the max mileage and the soot goes down and the iron goes up, that's to be expected. Not a problem. Um, the viscosity, that's, again, that's going to be – this one here is 14.8. That's what you're looking at if you're using 1540. Uh, the, the more synthetic you go to, the lower that number is going to be or wants to be. Base is simply the ability of the oil to neutralize acid. So if you're getting a high base number, what you need to do is you need to add some makeup oil. Um, just putting a gallon of oil in will replenish the base on your, uh, on your whole sump. So if you get that number there starting to go down, uh, you can re we can replace that base. Those of you guys that you spin on oil filters, regular full flow filters there is a brand that has base in the bottom of it and i think it's uh, uh chris help me here fleet guard uh, i think so somebody will help me but there's a brand of a filter that you can put on there that has base in the filter um and it'll come i think it's fleet guard Oxidation and, and uh, nitration, not as big a deal. Those are going to come back elevated sometimes. Usually that's related with heat. You know, if you've, uh, if you've been running hot or, again, you idling a lot and you're raising engine temperature, those are going to be affected. So those are what you're Luber looking for. Lubrefiner. Lubrefiner. Thank you, Rocky. That's what it is. Lubrefiner, yeah. Um, now, you, uh, like with my Mercedes motor, I had a cartridge filter. I couldn't use that. But you guys didn't have spin-on filters for full flow, you can use Lubrefiner and raise the base or just throw a gallon of oil in it. Okay. That's all that will fix the problem. So, so that's what it looks like. Okay. And you just want to make sure that you, uh, you fill in all those things because the validity of this report is strictly dependent on the amount of information that you give them and the accuracy of the information. The good thing about this report is, you know, I mean, you know that there's not, you know, um, this particular, he was actually on the, the uh, podcast last week as a commenter. And toward the end of the thing, he, he commented that his mechanic thought he was crazy 
for not changing that oil every 10 or 15,000 miles. <clears throat> so I told him, I'll take this back to him and show him that this, if he boiled a brand new bottle of oil off the shelf with no miles on it, it would have the same re- results as that one right there. And how many miles were on that, Chris? Did we, did we notice? 25,000. 25,000. Now, so, for, for reference, I was going to show y'all, this is, I believe, the last sample that we did on Metro. So if you look right here, unit time, 1,807,247 miles. This is the 40th sample taken on August 28, 2020. It was received on the 31st. 231,500 miles on the oil, 1.8 million on the truck. So you can see here that it shows you that history. It shows you the last five. So when you get some going, you know, you get to see what your, what your engine was doing over time. That's true. So, um, and now go back to there. If, if you do have something that comes back colored, it's going to give you, they're going to give you some things to look at. Um, like when you, this, the, the base was low on this. And, and again, and that happens from time to time, not a big deal, but uh, they'll, they'll give you some examples of what that might, you know, the lubricant's ability to neutralize acid may be dismanaged. So anyway, they're just going to tell you some things to look for. If you had fuel dilution, they would give you some things to look for based on their experience with your motor. So, um, but you can look at that. It's two, there's 231,000 miles on that oil and 1.8 million on the motor. And look at that sample. Mm-hmm. Um, with 1.8 million miles, uh, barely in the green and yellow on lead and tin. I'm, I'll take that, okay? That mm-hmm. truck's never had bearings put in, never had that, never been in the motor. Well, so, and look at, look at zero lube added. The previous sample had five gallons added between. We yeah. had fixed a big oil leak. Well, Carl had fixed a big oil leak that nobody right. else could find. By right, way. right. Um, and so here's a 1.8 million mile motor that didn't use any oil in 25,000 miles. Yeah, yeah. Unheard of. So um, now I'm not going to go into it tonight, but you guys can go back to the OPS presentation one and look at it. But the amount of money that I saved, I could have bought a truck with. I think we've. I think I'm doing this from memory, but I think it was 175,000 miles, uh, the dollars, I mean, in mm-hmm. the life of that truck and what I saved in oil changes, you know? Yep. Um, so, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it's, it's significant. And obviously I didn't hurt the motor because I dare you to go find another Mercedes motor that's got 1.8 miles on it. So uh, I don't think we hurt the motor by doing it. But anyway, this, is, this program's not to say on the OPS. It's just that you guys that have bought it, uh, this will help you uh, kind of get through the process of uh, of doing your first la- uh, lab sample. So uh, if you've got any questions on them, you can you know get a hold of me. I'll help you read the sample. Um, the greatest guy in the world that did this and would have called you, uh, but he passed away a couple of weeks ago, Tom Bach. And um, mm-hmm. really, really hate to hate to lose Tom. He was a super good friend of mine. And, and he taught me everything I know about oil samples, but Tom, uh, he worked for OPS for years. He retired from, he never worked for them while, while, um, Pittsburgh power owned them, but yet still the lab, he, he would get the results from the lab for his customers. And if it was, if it was anything but normal, he would phone, he would give me a phone call or not just me, but any of his customers, he'd give me a phone call and say, Hey, your lab samples coming back and it's high in this or whatever. 
and he would he, he talk to you and tell you some things to look at or or whatever. So or you could say, hey, you know, I, I knew it was coming. We just put a fuel pump on. I knew it was going to be high. Go oh, no problem. But um, anyway, I, it's a, it's a shame that we've lost. You know, we we lose somebody valuable like that, and nobody knows about. It. We lose a queen. Everybody in the world's got their ass upside down about it. So but, I knew it was coming. I could see that train coming down the tracks a mile away. Anyway, why why it bothers everybody in the world about the Queen of England dying? It's beyond me. But I guess I, I, I guess I, did it matters. Matters. I don't know why, but I guess it matters to somebody. Well, it has I, zero effect on any. There's no one that I personally know that could possibly be affected by that. I did see that with her passing, that left Elton John being the the oldest living queen in England. <laughs> <clears throat> um. So look back back to the back to the title of the show. Details, details, details. Yeah. We have proven beyond a shadow of any doubt that running an OPS on a truck will extend the life of that engine, will save you fuel mileage, and as Larry demonstrated, saved one hundred seventy five thousand dollars in the life of that truck. But if you are not tracking the details, and it's time for your oil sample. And you don't know how many miles it's been. You don't know how much oil you've used. You don't know. You just don't know because you haven't checked and you've not paid attention to the details. This information is useless. We've got 40 oil change or 40 samples on that truck in the time that he had it. And every one of them gave us good information because we had the details available to us. Now, um, I, could, I could have done like everybody else does and thrown away. $175,000 worth of oil and filters in the time I owned that truck. Yep. But I didn't. So I kept that money in my pocket. Now, how many people right now could be surviving a bloodbath if they had $175,000 in their pocket? Yep. You know, we, we talk about this all the time, all right? The, the, the difference between people who are who become highly successful and those who don't are the ones that are willing to bend over and pick up the pennies and 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 be willing to embrace technology follow the science <laughs> <laughs> but it's a proven fact that that oil that we showed you in in, in in John's sample is just as good as the oil he would have bought and put on the shelf and spent four hundred dollars five hundred dollars changing it just as good. You could have taken a brand new bottle off of there. And, um, and it was, uh, well, the 175,000 Mac included the two, uh, in frames I'd had to done in 1.8 million miles that that kept me from doing. So anyway, you guys need to, if you, if you question that, go back and look at our OPS presentation. We got a whole, uh, a podcast about it with the entire presentation and you'll see it all broken down. Yeah, we, we calculated that, that the average for an MBE 4000 is 650,000 miles on an end frame. So that truck still, you know, it's waiting for a cab. Um, it's tore up right now, but that truck will be back on the road hauling freight. Um, and I, I predict it will see 2 million miles. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's two end frames, you know, and an end frame on an MBE 4000 is not cheap. Could um, be three. Could be three. I yep. mean, again, when I tell people that I've never found a mechanic that's, that's ever seen one go over 800,000 miles, never seen. One. It's so incredible that when Pittsburgh power bought, uh, OPS, th the reason they sponsored this is because of that truck. Mm -hmm. 
that's the reason they're sponsoring this is because they knew that I'm the one that had that truck and, uh, they wanted to, um, they wanted us to be out here talking about it. So, um, but, um, it is what it is. So, um, but anyway, when we get that cab put back on it and get it repainted. It's going to have OPS stickers all over it. Um, <clears throat> now see, there was another detail. Oh, IFTA. We wanted to, hit back on IFTA a little bit because you know. somebody, somebody brought up fuel tax, I think last, last week. And, um, so this one, again, we've got a complete podcast on it. Um, go back and look at them and there's, it's one of the early ones, I believe, but, it um, was I just downloaded it. I think today. No, I didn't. Well, I'll look it up here and carry on. So, well, I don't remember what the question, we couldn't get to it last week. Somebody had a question about fuel tax, but it probably had something to do with the, with buying fuel. But, um, you know, what, what, what we teach is obviously fuel is your number one cost. And we have found that it's also the easiest of the costs to, um, to affect because usually it just involves making a different decision than you're making right now. A lot of people choose fuel stops for different reasons. Some of them are, are very um, not important. Like I like the restaurant there, or I like the showers there, or I like going to the adult club next door or whatever reason it may be. That's fine. But when you're trying to maximize profit out of a business and you're trying not to be part of the bloodbath, uh, fuel is your number one cost. Okay. And, uh, it, you can, you can affect it greatly by making a better decision on where to buy it. And our strategy is to find the place along your route that has the, the where the diesel itself cost the least amount of money. And the problem with that is you have to be able to find out what the cost of diesel is. And to do that, you have to number one, understand what IFTA is and understand how to get it out of the equation. Now, if you're at Landstar, they created the greatest tool, the greatest thing Landstar ever did was come out with the Landstar One app, okay? Mm -hmm. Because with a setting, you can then look at all of your fuel stops with the IFTA numbers removed, which is what you want to do. Um, now, we can go into the strategy of that if you want to, but if you... If you, if you listen to us and you trust us and you think that I know what the hell I'm talking about, I can just tell you right now, there's never a time when you want to let IFTA influence where you buy, where you buy fuel. If you don't understand that, go back to episode 80 and we'll, and we'll explain why that is. But, um, IFTA will cause you to make the wrong decision, especially if you're along the border of a state. Uh, we've got samples over samples over samples of where you can make the wrong decision based on what it looks like the fuel cost from either the marquee or from an app that does not remove the IFTA tax. Um, so it's critically important that you remove the IFTA tax from the computation when you're trying to decide where to buy fuel. If you're not at Landstar, where there is a, uh, Chris, we found, we had a, a website, what was it called? A uh, fine cheap fuel. Find cheap trucks. Find fuel stops. I think find, either Google find cheap fuel or find find fuel stops or something, but it's a uh, it's an app that you can go in there and you can put your route in and it will 
it will it will pull all the it'll show you all the fuel stops and it will show you the fuel without the IFTA. Uh, prior to us being at Landstar, that's how I had to do it. Okay, but whatever you have to do to to get it out there, that's how you choose to buy fuel. Now, if you're also there, it is right there. Findfuelstops.com. Fine. Okay. So if you're not at Landstar, this is not an app. You'll have to browse. You have to go to a browser and do it. But you put in where you are, where you're going. It'll give you the route, and then it'll give you all the fuel stops uh, ranked by price, all the way down your route. Okay, and uh, and then it will. Uh, you can show it with the IFTA or without the IFTA. And uh, you have to understand that if you don't separate the IFTA, you're gonna not make the right decision every time about what the cost of that diesel is. Also, if you're at Landstar, you want to be sure to pull out the, um, you know, the Landstar discount. It knows that, too. So you're actually looking at literally the cost it, it is of diesel. And then as you're here's another thing we tell people, OK, don't wait to buy fuel when you need it, because mm-hmm. then you, you only have a couple of choices. If I'm out, if I'm running low on fuel, I've got to buy fine fuel in the next few miles or I'm going to be getting a road call. But if I happen to check the fuel uh, cost this morning before I start out, I may find that the cheapest fuel I'm at, or it's right here where I am. Um, so understand, don't drive by the best price in fuel because you don't need it. And then when you need it, you, you, you have to pay more for it. And again, uh, if, you, if you think that it doesn't matter, the amount of fuel that you buy for a truck every year, the number of gallons you buy, if you can save $0.08, cents, $0.10, cents, $0.11, cents, $0.50 cents a gallon just by where you choose to buy it, that adds up quickly, and that will be the difference between you making a profit or not making a profit in these tight times. Certainly will be the difference between you taking a vacation or not, you know. Oh, yeah. um, so uh, you just can't just you just can't buy it anywhere. It's your number. It's but there's n- all your other expenses put together do not equal what your fuel cost is. But yet you can lower that fuel cost easily twenty thousand dollars a year if you would just make the right decision, and understand that if that has to come out, okay, it has to come out because it will it will it it, it blurs the lines, and uh, and it. And also, don't don't fall for the myth that don't buy fuel in the in states where the fuel of tax is high, because I can sit here and show you situations where ta- taxes in Pennsylvania versus Ohio or versus New York, in a lot of cases, are cheaper. So you 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 just have to look at it, the facts, the details. Okay, you have to look at the details. There's no blanket answer. There's none of these things. Never do this. Never do that. Lee said something about, you know, people always talk about, don't ever buy fuel in Oregon. That's the most stupid statement anybody's ever made. If the diesel in in Oregon is less than the diesel in Washington State, by all means, buy it there. Mm -hmm. The the, the fact that they have no fuel tax has nothing to do with the cost of diesel, you know. Now, the only way you can affect this, there's two things you can do. If you'll improve your fuel mileage, you'll lower your IFTA tax. Because if the tax is based on consumption, not on sales. And if you don't understand that, again, uh, you can either go out in a parking lot at night and have a bunch of fights with a bunch of truck drivers, or just read uh, or just listen to episode 80, and we'll explain to you why that is. The other thing you can do is drive around that state. If you don't like the fuel tax in Pennsylvania, drive around it. Let me know how that works out for you. 
So it's not practical to do that. It is practical for you to improve your fuel mileage, and that will lower your fuel tax because you'll, you'll burn less because you're getting better fuel mileage. So anybody got any questions about that? Now's the time. Three cents difference, by the way, between Oregon and Washington. There you go. Three cents. There you go. So uh, listen, don't don't listen to the the truck driver miss, okay? And and never listen. Anytime somebody says the word never, just walk away, okay? Uh, that's a lot of crow to eat right there when you say never. You know, um, it's it's you know. And the other thing is, ask the question, what, why, why? And then just sit and listen, and you can tell if they're telling you something that they know or telling you something that they're repeating, you know? And, uh, you know, when I started doing the podcast, I, I, I quit listening to any kind of trucking radio, including Kevin, <laughs> because I didn't want to get here and be a parrot, you know? I, the things I say here, the things that I believe, the things I know I've tried, the things that... They, I, I'm, I'm not influenced by what other people have said because I don't listen to it. So I just speak from what I know, you know, now if I go listen to other people, I catch myself repeating them and I, that may or may not, I listen to people that I feel have confidence in, but still, uh, I would rather not be that. I would rather be the person that speaks what I know. And, uh, and so that's what I do. What's his next question? Oh, <laughs> well, turn up trouble. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what we need? I'll tell you what we need. We need a full report from Phil. Phil just went to cabs class and boy, I would pay good money to hear Phil. Just tell me what he thought. Uh, <clears throat> well, I mean, that, look, first of all, I, there's no blanket. There, there are times when buying fuel in the cheap state is correct, but it's not because the tax is cheap. It's because the diesel's cheaper there. That's the part I don't, that's the part I hate. Everybody wants an easy, our guys, our guys, when orientation, they, we talk about saving money on tolls. Oh, so you don't want to drive tolls. No, that's not what we said. We said, take, consider the cost of them when you're trip planning. If it makes more sense to drive around and save the money, do it. If it doesn't, then don't. So the easy blanket answers are not what, what, there's, those don't exist. That's why you have to pull out the VSE 9000. And you've got to actually do the computations and figure out what makes sense. It doesn't matter what Landstar says. It doesn't matter what the guys at the Petro uh, Liars Counter say. It doesn't matter what your trainer said. If it if the BSE 9000 doesn't support it, it's bullshit. That's what mm -hmm. BSE stands for, bullshit eliminator. Okay? So uh, the only way you're going to know that is for you to do the math. All right? And, uh, and believe me, listen, when I came to Landstar 12 years ago, the fuel tax wasn't the only thing they were preaching that was stupid. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, believe me when I tell you this. Um, but, um, anyway, they're not going to let me teach that. But anyway, I, I don't care about that. I only, I only care about you. You guys are the ones that are investing your time in us. And, uh, I'm sharing it with you. If you want it, if you don't want it, Hey, go, go on about your merry way. And I don't, I don't care. But um, I run a pretty successful trucking business, okay? Uh, I've run a pretty successful business business. Uh, I know uh, how to uh, I know how to save money, okay? I know how to make money because I know how to save money. So uh, if it was bullshit, I wouldn't be fooling with it because I got better things to do. But if I can save twenty thousand dollars a year a truck, uh, I'm going to find a way to do it. So anyway, I was I was tempted to dial 
one eight hundred four field just to see where it went, but I thought that's probably it. I'll end up on a watch list or something, so I'm probably not going to call that number. <clears throat> tell us how to use the Landstar One app. Well, the Landstar One app is the greatest thing since sex. Okay, I'm going to tell you right now. Right now, uh, and it's even going to get better as they blend the Landstar Connect in with it. Um, yeah, but next garbage. If nothing else, I, I don't. If you don't, I don't use it for load search because I'm always in front of a computer. Uh, but if I were in a truck, I would. But there's 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 absolutely no reason for you not to use that to find your your fuel. But again, let me tell you this: its limitations are, and it's really not a limitation. And I'll explain that to you. You only can you only can look at about twenty five miles from where you are, okay? No, or you where you further. You can look further than that. You can look about five hundred miles, three three to five hundred miles, when you when you zoom out. Okay, all right. Well, anyway, the point I'm making is you can only see the area that you're looking at. Okay, you can't see the areas that aren't that you aren't looking at. But if you're driving to that area today, you've got to scan. You got to scan down the route and look at all the fuel stops from where you are to where you're going. Because, yep. it, yes, it will make the cheapest one in the area you're looking at green, but it has no idea yet what the one in the next area is because you're not looking at it. So you've got to, you gotta, you got to go down your route. Now, I've heard, we've, we've heard rumors of BCO days back in Memphis, I think, that they were going to um, add a route function to it. And at first we thought that would be great. But since we train drivers and we know how drivers think, uh, we've kind of changed our mind about that because inevitably some driver is going to let that Landstar One app choose his route. Mm -hmm. And then he's going to cede authority to that Landstar One app, just like it was a GPS. Mm -hmm. And then he's going to uh, get call me and get an ass chewing. He's going to get the wrath of Chris when he lets somebody else decide his route. So, um, so we're not too crazy about that. We probably won't turn that feature on even if it comes out because we want our guys to look at their – They want to. we need them to develop their own routes, not let somebody else do it. So um, I feel like I'm missing something right now because I'm talking and not reading. But Richie was saying he only fills up a flying J because of the awesome points he gets. Richie is an instigator. Y'all need to know that, right? <laughs> uh, he just likes to stir up shit all the time. So um, – well, I said, I said this, uh, we had an interview today with a guy and I, and I said this, I've never articulated it quite this way. And I said, my motivation as the fleet manager for this company is to give you the, in the, the 25 years of trucking that I have the 50 years of business that he has and make you a millionaire. I don't care about your comfort. I don't care about your convenience. I don't care about your feelings. I'm going to hurt your feelings because sometimes I'm going to have to tell you the truth. And sometimes that truth means that you have done something that has cost you money or cost us money. And I have to tell you that and I have to explain to you why that happened. Now, if you want to just come here and be a truck driver, you are going to hate me. You're going to hate your, your, uh, experience because I'm not here to, to, to teach you how to be a freight monkey. I'm here to teach you how to be a millionaire. I'm here to get you to change how you look at things and how you make decisions. And uh, if, you know, don't come, don't fill out an application to this company if you want to be a truck driver because you're going to be miserable. You're going to hate it and you're going to hate me and I'm going to sleep like a baby every night 
But we, if you want to be a millionaire, come on now. And we, we will get show you a how lot of we get a lot of applications because we're on that list that Man Landstar keeps of I'm fleet to go off that list. And so we get guys who call us. They're thinking they're calling like a regular BCO that's just going to throw the keys at them and tell them to go have a nice day, you know. And um, they don't understand that we don't hire truck drivers. You know, we don't have driving jobs here, you know. Uh, here we have a paid internship where we teach you how to become successful as a business person. You just chose to the trucking to be the, uh, to be the, the, the route you're going to take. So uh, it kind of trips them up a little bit, but they're so, they so desperately want to, to, well, I don't, I, that's probably not right. They think they want the job bad enough that they're going to, um, you know, uh, slick their way into it. Um, but, you know, we are, we can step them out pretty easy, you know. Um, look, we, we would, we, we'd love to have people come here and learn, but we're, we, you're, this is not a truck driving job. I mean, I talk about truck drivers like they're dogs, you know? So, uh, you're not going to, you're, you're not going to be happy here if you want to be a truck driver, because that's not what we teach here. We don't, it's not a driving school at all. Um, and, um, but we do, we're really, really, really good about teaching you how to become a business person in the trucking industry. And uh, like I've told you guys many, many times before, I've done a lot of things in my 50 years. I've never done anything that's as easy to make the money that I make in trucking. Even when I was a one truck operator. Okay. Yep. I've never had, I've never had an easier time making money. And so um, it's a, a good thing that you chose this, this um, route, uh, this, um, this industry to be in, but Listen, here's another detail we have we don't talk about very much, but you know, if you're not saving money right now, if you're not investing money, saving money, putting money away, you know, I hope you like doing this because you're going to be doing it for a long, long, long time. You know, um, you, you know, you, you're going to look up five years from now, and you're going to be in the same situation you are right now with no savings. No investments, no retirement, nothing. You know, because you're living everything you make, you spend. You know, so um, one of the things that we don't we, we don't we don't really we, we talk about it, but we don't talk about it often enough. And that is that you need to come here and make all you can make for the amount of time it takes you to get yourself in a situation where you don't have to work anymore. OK, and um, it's it, we, we don't want to elongate even if you enjoy doing this. That's great. But let's get the money in the bank and you'll enjoy it a hell of a lot more. I promise you. And then when the bloodbath comes up and you decide you want to go home and set it out, uh, by, by all means. Uh, but let's make the money. Let's, let's get it in the bank. Okay. So let's do that by maximizing the opportunity, minimizing the, the, the stupid tax and the expenses. Okay. So that you're making the maximum profit you can for the time that you're out here doing this. And then you look up in 10 years and you got a million bucks in the bank or more. It, it changes everything, changes your perspective, you know, uh, and then you may find out that um, real wealth, you know, when people buy a franchise, people buy one franchise, they just buy themselves a job. OK, they, and that's kind of what buying, that's what kind of what buying a truck is. You buy yourself a job. You can't get fired. You know, it, it's but it's just a job, you know, but when you buy 10 franchises or you have 10 trucks. 
That's a whole different situation because now you're building wealth. Okay. And when you can make money, when you lay your head down at night and you wake up in the morning, you made money while you're sleeping, that's building wealth. That's not buying yourself a job. So let's get serious about business. Okay. And quit dicking around, you know, in this trucking business. Um, it's, um, it's a great business, but it, I tell you what, it's a, it's a hell of a job. You know, what you guys do every day out there is dangerous. You know, being away from your families for weeks on end sucks. So let's get it done. Let's get it done and move on. Okay. Let's get it done and get you off the road and have five trucks, you know, that you're now running as a fleet from home and, uh, and building wealth. So anyway, that's my rant. So. Well, I can testify working from home is better than working from a driver's seat. Did you ever believe that two years ago you'd be working from home right now making what you're making? Well, I mean, I always knew that the possibility was there, but it was the it was being patient. That was the hardest part. I I knew I had no doubt that we would get here. You know, it was just it was shaky there in Well, go back two more years. Oh. What you see what? yourself yourself being at home doing what you're doing, <laughs> making what you're making? <laughs> No, go back to that uh, January of of uh, eighteen, sitting on that forklift and and you know thinking, God, this sucks. You know, um, I'd rather be driving, I'd rather be driving thirty five hundred miles in a sleeper truck than doing this home every day stuff because it sucks. Um, not making any money and really, really seeing no light at the end of the tunnel and. Uh, but you know, not far in, I, I, I've, I've recognized that the opportunity was here. Um, uh, but I just had to keep working and, you know, I, I can remember all the conversations with Zeke. Well, you know, Hey man, we'll get a couple more trucks and there'll, there'll come a point where I'm going to have to go, go home and go off the road because I literally couldn't drive full time and handle everything that I had to handle. And, uh, now I'm watching over 17 trucks and, Probably didn't see that coming this quick, but, uh, well, <clears throat> you know, I'm, I know, I know that you and, and Karen both had, a, you know, had a, had a difficult time at first because it just seemed like it was too good to be true, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think it took a few months before she actually, you know, uh, bought into the program. I think you probably saw it before she did. Yeah. But, um, you know, and that's the thing that aggravates me right now about some of our people. You know, we got people here that have the opportunity. I mean, I mean, 81 Froze just, just said it better than I'm going to say. I mean, you know, you, you can come here and drive a truck, which you were doing before you came here. But you can get an education that I took me 50 years to, 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 to come up with. You know, it's, it's 50 years of my experience, 12 of them driving a truck. Okay. That uh, we we give away for free if you'll just stay here and work for a year and a half, you know. But yet we've got people that come here and they they just they dick around and they waste the opportunity. I had a rant tonight uh, on our fleet message because we got guys here that just act like truck drivers. Okay, yep. they can't they can't keep up with their fuel receipts. Okay, they have no idea when the next ma- next maintenance is due on their truck. I mean little things like that, 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 you know, that you had, it's like, it's like you have to tell them what are they going to do in their truck? Right. And that's the problem. You're, you're, we're giving them an opportunity that doesn't exist anywhere else. No, 
100% doesn't exist anywhere else. You can come here and act like an owner operator in my truck that you don't have any financial risk for. And, and we'll, and we'll coach you through the things that you do wrong. But yeah, you want to come here and just be a truck driver and just deliver freight and not worry about anything else. And worse than that, try to act like, well, I didn't want to tell you this because I didn't want to, I didn't want to, you know, bother you. Bother me. <laughs> I pay this guy here a lot of money to get bothered. Bother the shit out of him. Okay. We, we had a new guy did. I don't remember what it was. He did something dumb and he's, and I'm like, why, why did, why didn't you tell me that? Well, I didn't want to get on your nerves. I said, how's that working out for you right now? <laughs> Not too good. <laughs> yeah, you are, I, you have found all my nerves and the last one and you're standing yeah. on it yeah please please get on our nerves okay that's what we're here to do but speaking of which um we uh we do still have an uh an opening here that we'd like to fill if you've got a um if you've got a situation where you'd like to learn to be in business and you've uh, got a good um truck driving foundation and you want to do it right the first time and you don't want to um, make all the mistakes that 90% of the people who do this for the first time do, we will be glad to bring you here and teach you everything, you know, um, and uh, let you make some good money. And in the meantime, as a, um, as an intern, and then in a, a year and a half, you'll be ready to, to um, do this on your own. So if this is appealing to you and you don't mind, um, uh, being uh, called out on your bullshit because um, <laughs> we will definitely do that. Yeah. Uh, we don't have time for that. We don't have time to play those games. So um, we've got a lot to teach you. Got 50 years worth of experience to teach you in, in 15 months. And so uh, it's uh, you, you got to be serious about it and you got to understand that, you know, we, we, we get nothing. What, what we get out of this is the profit that that truck generates while you're driving it. That's what we get out of it. Um, so is, is no, it's no cost to you as long as you stay here for 15 months and, um, give us a chance to make some money on the truck while you're driving it and in return for the education. So, um, um, anyway, <clears throat> Uh, let's see. Do we have, uh, well, at least get, he said, maybe Lisa's maybe that's a the problem. They have no skin in the game, so they don't care. Yeah. But that's the problem of, of, you know, hooking somebody into a lease. Um, it doesn't take long to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, I, let me, let me, add. I, if, if we were, if we were conscripting people, that'd be one thing. But people who come here come here because most of them they've listened to the podcast. They uh, they're attracted to the idea of owning their own truck. And, and 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 look, we've got some really really good people here. Don't be wrong, okay. And we've got a couple that that need need some work. But but you know, there there are people that are smart enough to understand that because we, we've talked about this so much that you know I maybe maybe leasing a truck or doing a lease purchase or do maybe maybe there's a better way of doing this and let me try that this way and see how i like it and a lot of people that come here and don't make don't make it or don't stay it's not because they couldn't do it they chose but they figured out that this is a whole lot more there's a lot more things in this than just driving a truck and that's not what they wanted to do they thought they did until they found out what it's really like you guys out there that are on rock you understand what i'm talking about you know 
I mean, when you're when you're in business, you, there's never any time where there's not something to, to do to do. Um, I mean, never. Yet, as a company driver, you punch out at four o'clock, five o'clock, go home for the weekend. I'm done. I'm off duty till Monday morning. It's never that way when you're a truck owner. Never that way. And so, I mean, we have people that understand that, and that's what they want to do, and they want to learn to do it the right, the first way. That the first time, that's great. We got some that come here and they think that driving a tr- uh, owning a truck is it will be the answer to all their prayers, because they're fed up with the company driver thing. They're fed, you know, and they think that they've heard the the, the commercials from Landstar about freedom and choose your own loads, and so they think, well, that's that will be what I would want to do. Until they find out that buying a truck also means you have to start a business, and starting a business means you got to stay in business, and staying in business means you got to take care of the details which is the whole topic of this podcast tonight. And if you're not a detail-oriented person or you don't want to take care of the details, unfortunately, you're not going to be in business. You know, nope. that, that's just how it works. Um, you know, people who are very successful in business and, and are the top one percenters and the well, and people who have, who have created wealth, uh, they have habits that they do that you don't come out of the womb with. You know, they have to be, uh, they have Developed. to be learned. Develop. There you go. Yeah. Good word. And and if that's not something you're willing to do, you're not going to be able to do it. You can bullshit your way through it for a while, and then it it flushes you out. So um, David, some are some they don't know it yet, but they think that 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 owning their own truck is is the answer to their prayers. And if if they could own their own truck and do the same thing they did as a company driver, it would be. But that's not how it worked. That's what a lease purchased is. You can act like you own the truck, but you don't. And still have somebody tell you what to do, but then you don't have the opportunity. So that's just not what we do. Okay. And we, we, we despise lease. Listen, I probably ought to get into that tonight, but <laughs> we have a, and I'm not even going to go there. But. <laughs> <clears throat> well, you know, what you said, some are not cut out for self-ownership. Um, I have seen people that have, you know, cognitive abilities that are, that are, that are challenging or whatever, but, um, you have to believe that you're valuable and worthy of whatever the reward is. If you don't believe that you're never going to achieve it, you know? And so, um, you have to, you have to believe that you're worthy of, of being, of, of owning yourself, you know? And, uh, that was hard for me. You know, that there came a point where I'm like, you know what, I'm more valuable than this. My, my experience, my knowledge, um, is, a, is, is being wasted on this opportunity. These people that don't care about me. And the only way that I'm going to actualize that is to, go do something else, but I was wounded and I was hurt and, um, and I was able to come here and, and, and Larry was able to not take advantage of that, but, but activate that in me, you know, and here we are, you know, and we're going to keep growing. I'd, I'd like to be 30 trucks next year. You know, I, I, there's, I've heard people, well, how big you want to get? I don't know. Big as we can. I don't know. I, um, we just, we want to help people. That's why we're here. But helping you does not mean um, letting you continue to live this illusion of nonsense uh, and keep doing what you've been doing because it ain't working, you know. And so, 
So th- this is a this is a good uh, segue into my royal um, n- uh, rant that I wanted to have tonight. Okay, I, I know you've been curious you about before. what this is. Um, here, here, here's the problem I have with with the the royal family and and the monarch and and really any type of elitist situation is that. How is it that just because you happen to come out of a particular vagina <laughs> makes you automatically better than everybody else that is in your circle? Um, mm-hmm. You see what you just said and, and what you just what the person said, some are just not cut out. You know, here's here's my here's the way I look at that. OK, I, listen, I, 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 okay, I grew up very, very lower middle class. Um, I, we had, and we had enough money to get from one week to another. That was it. Uh, when I wanted something, I pretty much had to go work for it, you know, which is where I get my work ethic is that uh, if I wanted, uh, uh, drums, then I had to go do what it took to buy drums. My parents didn't have the money to do that. Um, when I decided when I wanted a car, I had to go buy the car. I mean, I, I did, nothing was given to me. Um, but the opportunity was there because I was born out of a certain vagina did not guarantee me any results, but also it didn't keep me from any results. Right. And that's the problem I have. And you see, I truly believe that we have people in this country and, and at Landstar that think that 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 entitlement mentality is the way it should be you know mm-hmm. um that i can work and do everything i've got i've worked for i've gotten but that i should have to give some of that up so that we can give it to people who don't want to work um and and so they can have can have their own have their way and i am adamantly against that and I'm adamantly against, you know, people, uh, all their, their answer to every problem they have at Landstar is this. What's Landstar going to do about it? I mm-hmm. don't usually get on in, in social media, okay? But this week I couldn't help myself, okay? Because somebody posted, put a post on Facebook about, don't you think Landstar ought to cut their percentage because these rates are so bad? <laughs> and my blood just started boiling. <laughs> the top blew off my uh, my head. And I, ha- I, I, did, I did take the 10-minute you know, force break so that my response was, was not hate spewing hate. It was, it was, it was, matter of fact, it got a lot of, it got a lot of likes and loves and all that kind of stuff. Cause it was, but, but no. I, and my, my explanation was why when rates were ridiculously good, did you volunteer to give some of the money back? No, nope. but every, every time, a truck driver, a, a Landstar BCO, I'm going to pick on them because that's where we are, stumps their toe. They want Landstar to bend over and put a Band-Aid on them, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and, they, and they, they, they don't want to compete for what they get. They want, it to be in, they want it to be given to them and taken. You know, the thing about Landstar is this. <clears throat> Everybody has the same opportunity. You know, we all go to the same orientation. We get the same little card, the same little book. You know, the, the opportunity is guaranteed. The results are not. And that's the, that, that's what I, that's what I hate about 
royalty and monarch. And, and there should not be a guarantee that if you're born out of that vagina, you're going to have billions of dollars the rest of your life, regardless of what you do, and regardless of whether you go to that island with Jeffrey Epstein or decide not to. Okay. I mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous, you know, and, and the entire world is mourning the loss of this queen for the life of me. What are we mourning about? I mean, in this age of wokeness, how can there even, how can there possibly be a monarchy in this day and age? I I was thinking about that today because all the, all the woke mob that are always so mad at, uh, what's his name? Amazon, um, Jeff Bezos for having all his money, but yet the Royal family exists. And I'm like, but, Okay, Bezos got a lot of money, but he provides value. What value does the royal family? None. That none. Zero. They, Zero. And they produce. They don't have a job. They don't build anything. They Worse don't make that. Anything. They take. They take all the money from people who have jobs to support their lavish lifestyle. I saw, I saw this TikTok of this dad in the, in the car with his son, and his son's like, "Dad, they got two weeks off of school." Because the queen died. And, dad, and the dad was like, yeah. And the son said, Joe Biden better step up his game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, you know, I, I just, I just, it, it, I, I guess I'm, I'm so thankful of the opportunity that I had. And it's, it's, it's not, I mean, nobody gave me anything ever, but because I wanted to do it, I was able to do it, you know? And I, I mean, I don't know. It, 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 I just can't, I can't, I, I can't stand people who have it given to them automatically for no other reason than the, the, their, their name or their, where they were born or where, you know, it, it's, it's just not, um, I mean, look, the, the, the thing I've said this over and over again, the thing I love about Landstar with all of its faults is that it is the most perfect example of the free market that I can find in trouble. Yep. And yeah. in the free market, the, the market chooses the winners and the losers. You know, I see all of these posts all the time. How do you build relationships with agents? I hear that all the time. Well, again, they want the basic blanket, simple answer. And the answer is work for it. Work, bitch, yep. work. Okay. <laughs> you know, it, it, there's not one answer to that question. It's a multitude of questions. It's doing everything that you can, you know. To, to, to gain, um, to, for that customer to gain confidence in your ability, you know? It's, it's the, all the little things. It's all the, guess what the word's going to be, Chris? Details. That's yeah. what it's going to be. That's how you do it. That's how you build that relationship. That's how you become successful in business, is paying attention to the details. The little things that most other people won't do, if you'll do them, you'll be, you'll be fine. That's, that's, that's the secret to this is the details. Yet I have to rant and rave today to get people just to do the things that we ask them to do, you know, um, simple things. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's not hard. And we talk about fuel. We talk about fuel tonight. You know, the, 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 the difference between, um, having your fuel be less than 20% of your revenue or 30 or 40% is just decisions. Just decisions. Okay. That's all it is. You know, understanding that that knowledge is out there, that information is there. If you'll seek it, 
but yet here will be the next thing. Well, just tell us where to buy it. Well, it's not that easy because we have places that we buy that we love to buy and you look up and they're not the cheapest place anymore. You know, it's just not that easy. It, it, it requires work. Okay. It requires attention to detail. It requires that every day, you know, I saw a meme just the other day, something about how, um, success is not something you gain. It's something that you, you rent and the rents do every day. You know, the rents do every day. Yep. Um, so that's just how you have to, that's how you have to operate. You know, um, the, the, you can hate Bezos all you want, but guess what? He didn't, he wasn't born out of a Royal vagina. All right. Whatever <laughs> it is he made, he made it. <clears throat> anyway. Yep. I rest my case. <clears throat> I will not be watching the funeral of the queen on whatever day that's going to be. Okay. Um, and look, I'm sure, listen, I'm sure she's a nice lady. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not denigrating her as an individual. I, I just, I just can't imagine in this day and time how anybody could be a monarchist, a loyalist. I just got it. It just, it, it blows me away. It completely blows me away. Yeah. Well, we're an hour and 24. I think yet again we've done all the damage we can do. Um, you're not going to you're not going to add to my royalty discussion. I could, but it'd probably be dangerous. Um, I'll tell you this: Larkin Rose, go Google, uh, go look up Larkin Rose on YouTube. He just did a video about American royalty, and it's very good. Now take your steel toe boots because it will step on your toes and it will hurt your feelings, uh, but it might set you free. Um, yeah. <clears throat> So, uh, say, let's see. Say, say where it was again. Say where Lark, it was. Larkin Rose. Okay. American royalty. Okay. It's a video on YouTube. Uh, let's see. Are we back next Sunday? I believe we, we are. are. We're Sundays all month. Okay. So Sundays we are all back. Month. Yeah. Um, um, speaking of which we did get, we had a, a guy, you know, today about putting a truck on. Um, now that, now that, prices of trucks are coming back down a little bit we are kind of interested in growing the fleet so if you guys have got um trucks that we would uh consider using uh we are kind of you know our our um our interest in the program is is kind of picking back up again from people and uh we probably are going to look at uh we're we're at we're at 12 active trucks in the system right now with a couple on standby um we, we would, I, th I was hoping we would be at 15 by the end of the year. It doesn't look like we're going to make that, but I certainly think I'd certainly like to look at being at 20 by the end of next year. So I think we need mm -hmm. to seriously be looking at adding about seven or eight trucks, uh, in the next few months. So if you guys, uh, got trucks sitting around that you'd like to make some money with and you don't want to put up with hiring drivers and taking care of all that kind of stuff, that's what we do. Uh, if this interests you, I can send you some information about it. Um, but, um, I, um, you know, it's, well, and we, 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 we need the lunatic army to, uh, uh, y'all, y'all need to share this information. I've, I've created an Instagram today. Uh, we've got the TikTok. We're going to get it fired back up, but, um, we need y'all to be talking to your, your friends that are like-minded and send them our way and, and let them know that this opportunity exists. Um, because I'm so tired of 
you know, uh, well, Landstar told me to call y'all. Um, tea is the same color as bourbon, isn't it? That would be a, <laughs> that'd be a good way to doing that. But no, uh, eighty one, it's not. It's just unsweet tea. So. <clears throat> All right. Well, with that, we will bid you good evening and we'll see y'all back here next Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Have a good week, everybody. Be safe out there. Okay. Go make some money. Put some in the bank. All right. (laughs) There you go. We'll see y'all next time.